this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Tony Mantar, speaking to me from the fabulous Nashville. Welcome to Music Stories. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, no, it's um, a, a pleasure, a pleasure. I've done a little bit of research into you, as I do, um, and it says that you are a singer, songwriter, pianist, and producer, and a few other things besides. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've um, I've had a good run here in Nashville. I I started out just doing music production, development, pitching to record labels, you know, that type of thing, but the major mm-hmm. publishers. And then it developed into a record label in 2005, and since then I've I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of fairly well-known names. Yes, yeah, so I understand. Give me the list. <laughs> well, um, uh, I worked, I I produced and managed Milo Mason, who who had a lot of big hits back in the late '90s on Country Atlantic Records. I've uh, produced uh, Jackie Wilson's son Bobby. I did. I produced and managed him for about eight years. Wow. Um, I produced. Uh, I produced and managed. I think a singer that was just on your show here recently, Debbie Campbell, Glenn Campbell's daughter. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm I'm currently producing and managing uh, uh, the star of Happy Days TV show, Donnie Most. It was used to be Ralph Mouth. Ralph, of course. Yes. <laughs> Say hello to Ralph for me. I will. I will. He's he's got he's a um, uh, great singer, and he's got that Frank Sinatra, Bobby Darin swing style, and just really, really takes you back in time to to when music was was just really, really about music. Fantastic! I tell you what, I still just for a laugh every now and again, uh, imitate the Fonz and go oh, yeah. to, go to a mirror because um, he went into the mirror in the men's room didn't he with a comb and and then yeah. started to comb and then said no hey it's perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly oh let's remember that oh that's that's fantastic or maybe we can interview him ralph yeah <laughs> absolutely future, i know he'd love to okay great well we'll sort that out later that would be really cool um it also says here that you're a multi-award winning producer uh, so you've well, won prizes. <laughs> well, you know, um, awards. I, I've won. I've won awards as manager of the year and and record label of the year. I've managed to get my name on on the um, uh, ballot for the Grammys four four or five times. Uh-huh. Uh, I've just just been uh, announced as a Grammy mentor uh, for what they call Grammy U, which is kind of a, a mentorship for for up and coming people that want to get into the music business. So I'm going to be working with a sophomore that's in Belmont college here in Nashville that wants to be either a producer or an engineer. So yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate. Uh, a lot of things have come my way. Um, that's very modest of you. It's all down to your talent. Um, I'm sure guess how many awards I've won. <laughs> I wouldn't guess, you know, you, you, you've probably done some I'm guessing. <laughs> Absolutely none. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I've never been really about the awards, you know, I mean, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to be recognized. It's nice to have people put you up for them, but really what it comes down to is, is the body of work and the quality that you do that, that really is the most important. Mm. And how long have you been playing the piano? Well, I, uh, I started, um, I, I started thanks to my mother at, at, uh, age eight. I was, um, 
I was just like a normal kid like anybody else, just running around having fun. And we had an old beat up piano. I'd go over there and pound on it for a while. And I paid a lot of attention to it. So my, my mother said, well, if you're going to take and, and pay attention to it, we'll fix it up, put new ivories on it, get it tuned, get it really in tip top shape and send you out there so you can have, have piano lessons. And I did. And, and, uh, you know, just as, as, and I was classically trained Beethoven, you know, Brahms, Chopin, all those. And, and then as I got into my teens, I, I started finding, you know, the Eagles and, and, you know, Creedence Clearwater Revival and, and the pop bands. And so it's my, my focus shifted on the style of music. But, but the, the biggest thing is I just had a love for music and I decided that I wanted to at least try to, uh, see what I could do in it. That's amazing. I got to, I got to grade three and then gave up because I became a teenager and um, other things were more interesting in my life. Well, I I did that. <laughs> uh, at one point, I was I was supposed to practice every day for my weekly weekly visit with my piano teacher, and it got to the point where I was doing so much other stuff. My mother actually got quite upset with me and said, "Okay, if you're not going to take and." and practice every day like you're supposed to, and you're not going to do what you do diligence like you're supposed to, we're not going to pay to have you go down there every every week and and learn something when you're not learning. And that kind of kind of set me set me straight. And I, I changed my way and got back to practice. And I'm glad she was tough on me. Mm. And at that age, could you Im have imagined what you are today? Not at all. I mean, I mean, back then I had discovered, you know, the pops, you know, genre of music, I, Elvis and, and, you know, all the R&B acts and the Motown and, you know, and all that. And, and I always dreamed of, of being on stage and performing and recording, you know, putting my songs out there. But, but, you know, I was, I was in a little, little town in, in Maine, you know, Madison, Maine, and about 5,000 people. And, and it was a mill town and, and you just worked and, and you had your nine to five Monday through Friday jobs. And the entertainment business was a pipe dream. You know, so so everybody that I told, you know, that I wanted to do this, it's like, what are you thinking? You know, you can't do that, you know, and and, and they weren't being negative because they didn't think I could do it. They were just being negative because it wasn't anything that was perceived in that area as, as being something that's viable. Mm. You need a, a bigger audience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so I took in. uh I took and joined a local band and we, we became fairly popular. And and then I had an opportunity to go to Nashville and and people get a laugh out of this because uh, I had two friends of mine that were country songwriters and, and they wanted to go to Nashville, but they didn't have any transportation. So they asked me, they said, would you drive us down? We don't have any, any good transportation. And my response is why would, because I was into pop music. I was, so I was thinking Boston, New York, LA, not Nashville, you know, and, and, uh, and my, my comment was, why would I want to go to a hick town like Nashville? <laughs> You know, so everybody get a big laugh out of it. So when, so I wound up taking them down. And then, because when I drove up there, I saw the high rises and it was concrete and steel, just like any other city. Mm. And I got to walk Music Row and meet people. And and I I just really liked their back back laid back attitude. And uh, it was much more uh, comforting than going to New York and L.A. And, uh, you know, I wound up going to Nashville and started recording and, and just kept going back and forth. And here I am today. Been there ever since. I've always wanted to go to Nashville. Always. Um, it's, I, I, I it's don't, a great place. I don't know anything about it, apart from the uh, TV series Nashville. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that was 
partially true in some of the things that they had in that. Mm. Uh, but Nashville has changed dramatically over the last 30 years. I mean, this year here, celebrate I celebrate my 30th anniversary of being in Nashville. Mm. You know, so um, when I first moved to Nashville, there was 26 major labels. Uh, uh, there was there was recording studios just abundant with with life. I mean, it was just just uh, just hustle and bustle and just just really, really good. Today, you've got three major labels. I mean, you've got like Universal, Sony, and Warner Brothers, because uh, you've got Curb and and you know and a few other major independents. But but all those made twenty six major labels have bought been have been bought up, and they're under one you know one or two umbrellas now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the recording studios that were just busy all the time, they've been torn down for con- condos and high rise. I mean, Paul McCartney recorded in one of these studios. They tore down and put put up a condo. You know, it's just really sad. So it's it's changed dramatically in the last 30 years. It's still great. I mean, they've got the Country Music Hall of Fame. You've got the Ryman. You've got you've got, uh, you know, the Predators that play there. You've you've got a lot of, uh, you know, good, good places to go and still a lot of entertaining things to do here in Nashville. But but compared to what it was in the 90s, it has changed dramatically. It's a common story, isn't it? Especially in the music industry, unfortunately, but uh... That's, it that's is. It. So um, it says here that you were a band leader on tours. Does that mean you were deacon? Well, what I did is <laughs> is um, when I first came to Nashville with my with my my friends the first time, um, it was the we we traveled Music Row, which is one little building after another, and and then we um, we went we came back a second time, and we actually got a publisher that was interested in recording some of their songs and and helping them. So they lined up a studio. We went into the studio and the piano player didn't show up for whatever reason. And so they looked at me and they said, they said, well, he can play piano. So the producer looked at me and says, well, you says, you want to want to want to take and make yourself a few bucks? I said, sure. So I went in and here I am playing with some of the some of the best musicians in Nashville. I mean, it's like like he's a country hit guy, right? You know, playing with 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 some of the top session players. And and then um, uh, this this guy just happened to happen to come in to to meet somebody, and he saw me playing there, and he didn't recognize me, know me because he knew all the other players. He came up and introduced himself, and 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 asked me what I was doing. I told him, you know, the, how I wound up in that seat, and he goes. Uh, you know, he goes. Are you doing anything right now? He goes. You're in, you're going on tour. What are you doing? I said. No, I'm actually uh, in between bands, and I'm gonna when I go home, I'm gonna figure out what I'm gonna do. And he goes. Well, how would you like to go out with Ronnie McDowell? He goes. He's looking for a keyboard player and a, and a backup singer right now. He goes. You could do both. You know. So so I wound up doing a, I, I wound up doing a tour with him. I was band leader. I watched over. You know, made sure that the band you know knew their chops and and uh, you know played the songs correctly and and wound up doing a short tour with him and and then I went back to I didn't want to be a sideman any longer. So I went back to doing my thing and trying to present myself as a as a singer. And but I worked with uh, Ronnie's uh, manager, and, and he would gave me some mentorship and helped me out here and there, and and it worked out really good. That's amazing. So it's it as quite often is the case, it's luck as well, isn't it? Right place, at right time. It is. I mean, you can have all the talent in the world um, and still not hit that right spot at the right mm. time. And and you never know what that that spot is at the time. And that's why I tell everybody that I work with or potentially work with, make sure that you put your very best product out there that you possibly can, because you never know who's watching you and you never know who's around that next corner that can help you. 
Mm. I was going to ask you, have you got any advice for up-and-coming uh, musicians? Oh, that's I, that's what I tell them. Do your mm. best work always, you know, because because uh, um, it doesn't matter if you if you're doing it and five people hear it or five hundred thousand people hear it. If it's not the best, you know, always do your best. Great advice, of course. And um, your single "Why Not Me" is available now. Uh, tell me um, the inspiration behind that. Well. Um, <laughs> You just brought up luck at the at the right time. That's what this was. Um, I, I've been I when I when I moved to Nashville, I took myself off the stage and I went behind the scenes, producing, developing, managing people, and I didn't I just didn't think about getting back on that stage and performing or doing anything again. And then um, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I um, you know I mean everything shut down. You know, and mm. about seven years earlier, I had I had wanted to do a, a CD just for myself, just for fun, just to give to my friends, family, kids, grandkids, you know, just a, a little legacy, you know, nothing, nothing to try and sell a million records or anything. So we um, a friend of mine called me up. He goes, hey, we got nothing to do. Let's let's finish your CD. And I said, well, you know, rather than finishing, let's just start fresh. So I started picking songs. I started recording them. And then uh, that spring, um, a friend of mine that had written a song that I produced on a previous artist that I had been working with sent me a song that he, that he had written. And he says, I think this is one of my best songs. I want you to hear it. So I heard it was called Why Not Me? And I listened to the lyrics and it's, and it's about positivity, never giving up your dreams. It doesn't matter when you do it, it only matters that you do. And I said, man, this is what I've been preaching on my social media for the last <laughs> years. You know, so so I told him, I said, you know, let me record this song. I'm not going to make it a big, big hit. I'm not going to sell. A, 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 I might I might sell 100 records, not a, not 100,000 or a million. I said, but you'll have a great demo to, you know, that's a radio ready to pitch around if you want. And so he goes, go ahead. So I did, and then my promoters in New York, LA, Nashville, and even over in the UK said, I wanna hear what you're doing. So I sent them this song I just finished. And I had done it in a pop version, but I added a steel in it just to give it a little texture like the Eagles used to do with their steels. Mm. And everybody says to me, oh, you recorded a country song. Mm. And I'm going, it's well, that twang, really isn't it? The country. country music twang, the steel. No, yeah, yeah. no. You know, and I'm, and I'm going, well, I don't, I, I said, okay, whatever you, whatever you want to classify it, I don't care. You know, so everybody said, oh, you've got to release this. I said, you're out of your mind. I said, I'm not I'm not trying to do anything to get myself a star or anything. I'm just doing this for, for my own enjoyment. And they come back to me. And they said, yeah, but there's nothing out here like this that is as positive. So I said, well, OK, if I'm going to do that, then I've got to at least point fingers to help people out of this. So I picked the first responders because they was going through tough times through the pandemic and getting mm. getting you know things you know thrown at them and everything. So. I, I did a, a video on that and and I let people know that I was going to do this. And all of a sudden I started getting pictures and short video clips from all over the country telling me that I hey, can we be part of your part of your video. So I put it together and and over, I don't know, five or six months, it got you know, 125,000 views and and it got and, you know, and it, it was good, you know, and then I figured, OK, that was it. You know, that that was that's I've, I've done my thing. And and then a few months later, this lady calls me out of St. Louis and she goes, I really love what you did for the first responders. Can you help us do the same thing? And I said, well, who's us? And it turns out she's a speech therapist for autistic children. 
So I gave it some thought. We talked back and forth. I talked with her regional manager and everything. And I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, I've got to re-record it as a more adult contemporary pop. So there's no mis miscommunication on what it is and no misunderstanding from the from the other song. And uh, I did. And then um, I wound up getting uh, 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 some people. I got all all I got everybody that's in my video now. People go see it are autistic people from Nashville. So. So I did that, and within a few months, I've got I've got over two hundred thousand views on it. I've got I've got people calling me up for interviews, and 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 how can you bring attention to this? And, and I've come I've become kind of an advocate or an ambassador for 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 autistic you know community. So uh, I believe in believe in this. I'm trying to help people, and now my next. Uh, I, I haven't told anybody this yet, so you can you can be the first one that it's announced on. Well, I'm honored. I'm honored. What is it? What is it? <laughs> I've just made a I've just made an arrangement now to where we're going to do the next episode of Why Not Me, and it's going to be Why Not Me New York. I'm going to be having uh, the autistic community in New York be part of the video. Okay, awesome. And uh, don't you feel? I mean, I feel no when you help somebody or help lots of people. Um, even if it's just entertaining them and giving them a good time, doesn't it make you feel nice inside? It does, and 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 not only does it make me feel good, but but uh, this this community, this autistic community. I mean, I mean, people don't realize. I never did until I was told. But there's one in seven people worldwide that either know someone or has someone that's autistic in their family. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a really you know tight knit community, and 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 you know. Uh, because of that, when I when people find out what I'm doing, they'll 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 reach out to me and say, you know, we love what you're doing. Thanks for helping. You know, and and they'll tell me stories of their kids or their grandkids. I mean, I had one gentleman um, reached out to me, sent me a, a a message, and he goes, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing. My son's autistic, and they sent me 30 pictures of his son doing different things. You know, and and you know, and when you get interaction that way you know it, it kind of gives you a, a nice feeling that mm. that people appreciating what you're doing plus you know you're, you're giving a little comfort to people and and my my whole my whole uh analogy on this thing has been and and is if i can help one person you know then it's been a success amazing and um have you have you got to rewrite the song for the new york version or what's going to happen there with the production Actually, the production is going to stay the same. The only thing that's going to change is is uh, I'm probably going to I'm probably going to uh, re-record parts of of my my parts so that so it's not exactly the same. And and then we'll have the uh, different uh, different people in different different spots, you know, trying to tell the story of 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 their story. That's amazing, Tony. You've been uh, fantastic to talk to. Uh, thank you so much for talking to me on Music Stories. All your stuff, of course, is uh, available on your website, which is Tony Mantor, which is spelled M-A-N-T-O-R.com, TonyMantor.com, uh, including the video of the autistic children, because I watched it earlier, uh, for your single, Why Not Me? And um, thank you once again for talking to me. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Music Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that it'll help and inspire others in the music industry. Get in touch if you've got a story to tell. If you would like a professional podcast made or would like training so you can do it yourself, I can help. Go to TonyLloydRadio.com Music Stories with Tony Lloyd.